What's up, guys? Zach Castillo's here, and I'm bringing another episode to you, and unfortunately, I'm having some technical difficulties, and so I just tried to record this, and I got 17 minutes in, and for some strange reason, the recording stopped, and so here I am trying to do it again, and it's like that sort of thing has happened on the last few episodes, and it's really frustrating because these aren't that easy to do, and especially when I don't have any notes, and then I have to try and go do it again. So here I am. This is try number two. And hopefully the good that will come of it is is hopefully I'll have a more clearly articulated message because, you know, got to find something good in that. So anyway, I before I get in, I want to get into what I'm going to say. I want to say that I uh, appreciate if you listened to or watched the last episode. I've gotten a lot of feedback, and I think the vast majority of it is people who have appreciated what I shared and and who it resonated with. There have been some other people who... Maybe some of the information they had a little pushback on or, or thought that maybe their experience was different. And so my plan is at a later date, hopefully to come with another episode and actually bring some numbers behind some of the things that I said, because the folks that have given me some of the pushback primarily have been, well, actually exclusively have been people who don't actually own real estate and don't operate real estate. And a lot of them work for cities and, and or counties and or our elected officials, and they just are lacking some of the context. And so I think it's only fair that I provide it uh, down the road. So that's part of the plan. But that's not what I want to share about today. What I want to share about today is something that I've talked about a little bit in the past, but I think given what's happening, given where we, we seem to be going as a society, I think that it warrants an actual episode of its own because I think that we all hopefully will start to do something about what's happening. And, and so I've been thinking about this a lot and I've been trying to figure out how to articulate it in a way that's helpful, maybe challenging and applicable. And the applicable part is the hard part because when you start to get in these really big, broad subjects, especially as they affect, you know, let's say politics or money or whatever, where they're so far out of our control, it's like, how do you convey something in a way that there is any application that, 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 people can actually go do anything about. It's very difficult. And I, I don't know that I've figured it out. And so I'm going to give it my best shot. But what I want to talk about is consolidation of stuff, right? Right now we are seeing the largest consolidation of wealth, the largest consolidation of information, the largest consolidation of other resources, and the largest consolidation of power in human history. And I think that that's very, very bad. I think that the centralization of everything that we are seeing is probably one of the greatest threats to human thriving in all of human history. And I think that, you know, we went from two weeks or 15 days to stop the spread or flatten the curve or whatever it was to where we are today. And, and, and listen, with millions and millions of people who have taken a medical procedure, it's not getting better. We're going further down the rabbit hole. And you say, well, how is that? Why is that? What is happening? How did we get here? Where are we going? And it's like, hey, I think it's pretty simple. And I think it's simple because human nature doesn't change. And I think the problem, at least in large part, is due to two worldviews about human nature. One is this worldview that so many people subscribe to that says that humans are inherently good. We're born good. We are good. We're trying to do good. And then if you, just, if you just get the right good people in the right seats on the proverbial bus, then humans will thrive and, and utopia 
to some degree will be ushered in. And then, well, there's, there's this other worldview that I subscribe to that says, well, no, humans, humanity, it was good, but it fell. And when it fell, it became a slave to a, a sin nature. And that sin nature is evil. And, and I don't think that that means that we're all going out there every day trying to be evil. I think that what that means is that if we were a sponge filled with something, you know, wet, filled, that when that thing got squeezed, what we would see is that what came out was dirty, dingy, nasty water. Not clean, pure, healthy water. The, when the sponge gets squeezed, what comes out is, is hate and anger and revenge and dissension and division. And, and what we wish would come out would be love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, right? And it's like, well, that's the Bible. The Bible says that the sin nature, the flesh, is all the bad things. And that not until we're regenerated in our spirit will those good things come out? And, and, and you watching this, if you're not a Christian, might say, yeah, but Zach, like, look at Christians. The stuff coming out of them is really no different than the stuff coming out of non-Christians. And I would say, I know. And that's what I hope. I know it has for me. I hope for, for everyone it will wake us up to the reality that what we've been doing isn't working, right? Like what we've been doing as Christianity, I'm not talking about every Christian or all churches, but just at a 30,000-foot level, it's not working. And so that requires people like me and people like you and us to look in the mirror and say, okay, well, where have we gone wrong? Like, like we had the map and we stopped walk, walk, looking at the map. We stopped following the map and now we're lost. And yeah, but there's still a map. And if we go back to the map, we can find ourselves and we can fix the lostness. We can become unlost. And so I look at where we are and I say, it's easy to see how we got here, because we got here because that's human nature. Because man is, humans are truly fallen. And listen, there's current day examples and there's historical examples of our sin nature and what it does. And as it relates to the consolidation and the centralization of wealth and power and influence and information, what we know is that there's really not one single example in all of human history, today or in the past, where when the consolidation of all those things ends up in too few people's hands, there's never been a time where a lot of good happens for a lot of people, ever. In fact, the opposite is true. The opposite says that human nature shows us, proves us, proves to us, tells us that when you allow power to be consolidated in too few people's hands, oppression is what takes place. People don't thrive in those situations. Instead, they die in those situations. You can see that in the past. That's why America was founded. America was founded as this experiment in the great decentralization. Instead of one person ruling or a few people ruling, we got to rule ourselves. It's been the greatest experiment in the history of humanity. Not perfect. I've said that many times, but more perfect. I think about America the same way that I think about salvation. America was created and something new, something good, something better was built, but it wasn't perfect. When I became saved, something new, something better was created, but I'm not perfect. Then I go through this process that I, I think of as sanctification. It's this maturing process. It's, you know, I try and be honest in these. When, when I was young, 
younger, not even that young, not that long ago. There's people that know me that know if I got mad on a basketball court, there were some bad things that came out of me. Things that I'm not proud of. Things that if somebody saw me, they would say, yeah, and you call yourself a Christian? And I would say, yeah, you know what? You're right. And I would have to confess that and I'd have to try and rep repent, true repent, like turn and go the other way. And some of those things I still struggle with. But when I look at the trajectory of my life, like on a graph, I at least feel as though it's going in the right direction. My sanctification is taking place. My evolution in that way is occurring. And America should be the same way. Like we created this new thing and it was better, but it wasn't perfect. And so the, the point should be to continue the sanctification process, if, if you will, as I'm comparing these two, to become a more perfect union. But you know what won't allow us to become a more perfect union? Is centralization. Listen, you know when people started getting poorer and rich people started getting, sorry, poor people started getting poorer and rich people started getting richer? When it really started to take off, it was when the Federal Reserve was created. When you centralized the, the, the power of money in America and you made it where you could just print it whenever you needed it. No repercussions. And then you latch that right onto the oil industry. All of a sudden, the government got bigger, poor people got poorer, and rich people got richer. Right? You look at Russia today. Is Vladimir Putin getting ready to step down anytime soon? No. Instead, he's become the richest man in the world, they say. And there's no way he's stepping down. He has centralized everything. And are his people thriving? Not last I checked. America thrived because our founding fathers put guardrails in the whole system. See, they knew, they knew that humans weren't inherently good. As a matter of fact, they knew that humans had a sin nature. They were inherently bad. And what they did was they said, okay, we're going to put in guardrails. We're going to put in a system where it won't be perfect. Like if human nature is allowed to do what human nature likes to do, the guardrails won't work. But if this civilization, if this country morally and ethically will adhere to, to something that's greater than them, then these guardrails will be the best thing we have to allow people to thrive, to keep the centralization from happening and the outcomes of that centralization from occurring. And what we're seeing now, like they created a big dam and we're seeing the cracks in the dam. And pretty soon, folks, if we don't stop and patch the, the, the cracks up, the dam's coming down. We are more divided than we have been, I think. I wasn't alive in the 60s, so some people say it was worse, but we're at least that divided. We're at least that divided as we were during the Civil War. I mean, 30 to 50% of people say that we should have succession, depending on whether you're Republican or Democrat, both sides are saying, yes, people should, we should succeed, secede from the union. We should break this thing up. Why is that? How did we get here? We got here because we allow six media companies, or maybe it's less now, to control almost all the information. We allow maybe three or four tech companies to control most of the dissemination of that information. We allow the federal government, which was never supposed to have this broad power over individual states to boss the states around. We allowed the centralization of monetary policy. We 
are watching, the greatest consolidation of all those things, as I've stated, in the history of humanity. And what's happening? Nothing good. And as I stated in my last episode, it's about time that we start holding policy decisions accountable to outcomes. And as I said in the beginning, what makes these kinds of conversations so hard is, okay, so Zach, what do we do about it? Like, I'm just one person. Yes, me too. And it's very hard. I, I don't know what we do about it. But what I know is that when they tell you you can't talk about it, when they cut your tongue out, that's a pretty good indication that you're on the right path. Because think about it. There's a few companies that own all the media channels. That's why if you've ever seen a compilation of the media channels talking about certain things, whether it's a war or it's this, this sickness or it's this uh, medical procedure that they want us to do, they all say the same words. It's like wild. Well, why is that? Because they're controlled by the same people. Folks, that's what happens. When, when the same people, which is very few, control how we get our information and what information we get and how we get our money and what money we get and how we live our lives and how we don't live our lives, bad things happen. And so I look at my state, for example. I, we have one guy our governor, who's been able to do anything he wants, basically, for almost two years, calling it a state of emergency. Yeah, maybe for the first 60 days, we could have called it a state of emergency. But after that, what should have happened and what other states have passed legislation to have happen is, guess what? You convene your elected representatives and they debate and they dialogue and they pass laws the way that it was supposed to be. And in my state, we tried to do that. And there was one political party that said, nah, we don't want that. Because you know what? As long as our guy's in charge, we're okay. And all I would say, I'm not trying to pick a political side here. What I'm trying to say is, listen, if you're on the side that currently has your guy in control and you're okay with the fact that he has dictatorial power for two years, how will you feel if someday your guy's not in power and the other guy's in power and he starts dictating to you how to live your life for two years. I don't think you'll like it. And that's why those guardrails were there. That's why our founding fathers knew that there should never, ever be consolidation of power to that degree in this country. Because you know what happens? Half of the people-ish are being oppressed. And when it flip-flops, the other half will be oppressed. And we're not supposed to be a country of oppressors. And the best way to make sure that we're not oppressing each other is to not allow the consolidation of that power. And it's, it's hard for me. Like, you've probably noticed this about me. I, I'm a Christian, right? And I know that there are lots of Christian people out there and pastors and preachers and priests who say, Zach, like, don't even get involved in that stuff. God's got a plan. This is stuff that the world's going to fight about. And you just got to go out and love people. And I agree that we've got to go out and love people. But I have a really hard time with someone telling me that these are not issues that we should be involved in. And, and a lot of times they will use the Bible in Romans where the Apostle Paul says, you've got to respect your authority. You've got to obey your rulers. And I say, yes, I understand the heart of that. But what I also understand is at that time, in those days, they did have rulers indeed. Today, we don't have rulers in America. That's what's so different about this experiment. We don't have rulers, folks. We're not ruled, for goodness sake. We have elected representatives. They are supposed to represent us, to be voting on our behalf. So we don't, we're not told in this country, like we signed up for something. That something 
is a contract, if you will. And it's called the Constitution. We're all supposed to be adhering to the, the law contained in the Constitution. And there are certain things that are being done right now by our elected representatives that don't adhere to, don't work inside the bounds of the contract, the agreement that we're all agreeing to. And they are not our rulers. They are our representatives. So when they're doing things that we don't agree with, what we're supposed to do, what we have the freedom to do, is to voice our dissenting opinion, our frustration. But even more than that, isn't loving our neighbor, if we see something that's going to lead, like, listen, going back to, we know what human nature says. Human nature says that if the consolidation of power into too few hands occurs, that there is mass oppression and that humans don't thrive. So if we love our neighbor, for goodness sake, shouldn't we stand up and say, hey, that's really not a good thing. We think we shouldn't do this and we should probably be somewhat loud and outspoken in love doing it. That's what I'm doing my best to do here. I hope that's what you're doing your best to do in your circles. I think it was John the Baptist that was killed and beheaded because when he saw the ruler of his day doing something that was unconscionable, he made sure to say something about it. And he died for it. And, and so I have had this very difficult time. I continue to have it because I don't know. I'm not saying I have the right answer here. I'm just sharing as I think through these and I process through these because it's like, I know when I go to church, one of the things that I have such a, a hard time with sometimes is it's like easy to stand up there and talk about the easy things. It's really hard to stand up there and talk about the things that are hard, the things that maybe you don't have the answer on. Maybe you're struggling through. Maybe you need some more perspective on. That's what I'm trying to do here is say, listen, how did we get here? We got here because good people didn't stand up and say something. We got here because we allowed culture to do what it's done to the point where people are being oppressed. And if we want the oppression of people to stop, to cease, to end, then we got to get power out of the few and give it to the many. We got to pass laws that say you can't consolidate power. Not to that degree. Or we just got to obey the laws that we already have. And so it's very challenging. I don't know if making these videos is going to make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. But what I know is it's something that I can do. It's something that I can do today. There's something in your life that you can do today. The first thing is just be aware of it. Be cognizant of the fact that when you see consolidation and, and centralization of things, that bad things tend down the road. The result of those things in all of human history has been bad for, for most people in those societies, in those communities. So, so you got to know that, right? The second thing is talk about it. They don't want us to talk about it. So what we need to do is talk about it. And the third thing, if you, if you have the guts and the, and the willpower and the desire is get involved, right? Like, Maybe you run for office. Maybe you become a school board member. Maybe you make YouTube videos or start a podcast. Maybe you have a small group at your house. Whatever it might be, there's things that we can do to get involved in. And I would say this, as I think through, because honestly, like there's some things that you can listen to these days that frankly just make you depressed. But I would say, I think of it kind of like working out. If the muscles aren't burning, you're not ripping them. You're not putting those little micro tears in them. And that means when you're resting and recovering, they're probably not growing. And so I think that one of the things I think about right now is the muscles are burning, 
right? You can see it all across the country. Muscles are burning. People are hurting. Things are, are struggling. But in the midst of that, muscles are growing. Like there are things happening in the background. There are things happening in our country. There are, are, are duplicate, soci not societies, but alternative things being created that take time. So be a part of some of those, right? Because those take time. And so in between now and when they're finished and adopted and implemented, there's going to be pain. But there's also good stuff out there that's taking place. And so I think for, for us, especially as Christians, and, and even as non-Christians, but, but for our, those of us who are Christians, I think we should be out there saying things. I think we should be out there being engaged, being involved. I think that our country with more Christian leaders is better than our country with less Christian leaders. And I don't know what will happen, right? I said in my last video, and I say it again, my faith, my hope, my trust is not in a better political system. It's not in a better economic system. I mean, I've read my Bible. I know how it says the, the, the whole thing ends. And the whole thing ends with a whole lot of consolidation of everything. I mean, it says like a one-world government, a one-world currency. You can't buy or sell anything unless you have the mark. We're seeing all of the underpinnings to that. All of the technology for that is becoming real. It's in place. And so I don't necessarily know that anything's going to change here. And so I don't want to convey a message in a sense that like our only hope and our actual hope is in the dismantling or the decentralization of what's been centralized and what's being centralized. Ultimately, the hope and the faith and the trust is that in the midst of all of that, I think about the story of Peter all the time. Like he's walking on water, you know, and it says that there's a storm and there's waves and his eyes are fixed on Jesus. And then says he starts to notice the, the storm and the waves around him, and then he begins to sink. And I think what a microcosm of, what a picture of the Christian walk right now is there are people all around us who are already sinking. They're freaking out. This stuff is freaking them out. And if we're not careful, if we don't keep our eyes fixed on the Lord, we will do the same thing. We will freak out. We will be depressed and discouraged and yet if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, knowing that he has a plan, he has a purpose, that they can take our lives here and now, but, but they can't take what's in store for us for eternity. If we keep our eyes fixed on him, then we can... It's not that you're ignoring the waves. It's not that you're not aware of the waves. It's that the waves don't affect you the same. So, so going back to what can we do, especially for us who are Christians, listen, I know there are people that will watch these videos, people that I work with, people that might work for me, people that might be doing business with me or want to do business with me that they'll watch these and think you're nuts, man. Like, I don't know if I want to work with you anymore. I don't know if I want to do business with you anymore. I know that. I know there's people that are going to think I'm weird or stupid or whatever, but you know, I think the, the, the more I do these, I think that, listen, I think God, there's a purpose for everything that happens in our life. And sometimes I've wondered, what, what's the purpose of why I'm doing what I'm doing for work? And, and I feel like the longer that I go, the more I realize that investing 
The principles of investing are so similar to the principles of faith. And what I mean by that is, listen, <laughs> you get some money, right? You make some money and you have this choice. You can spend it on things that you like, that you want now, or you can sacrifice it. And you can stick it over in this other little bucket where you can't consume things that you want. And you can let it grow. So that down the road, you can consume more things later. And what does that require? It requires sacrifice. It requires not giving into what you want now because you can see that there's something later that you either need more or are going to want more. But if you're unwilling to make the sacrifice, if you're unwilling to sacrifice what you want now for what you know you're going to want or need later, you'll never get what you want or need later. And what I've learned about my faith is it's the same thing. It would be easy for me to do videos and just talk about money, just talk about real estate, just talk about how to get rich and build a business. And I'd get more of what I might want now. But I'd, I would sacrifice what I want later because our faith is an investment, right? We have to give up. We have to be willing to sacrifice some of what we want now. Maybe that's fame, notoriety. Maybe that's uh, prestige. Maybe that's respect. Maybe that's whatever, right? We have to be willing to give that up now. Sacrifice that by, by telling the truth, by speaking the truth about what we believe so that we can have more, so that we can have what God wants for us later, right? Jesus said, he said, they hate me. They're going to hate you. So, Part of the barometer for us is like, is if nobody's hating us, we're probably not doing a great job. And I don't mean that means we go out and try and be divisive. I mean that, what I mean by that is if, if we're not out there telling, sharing what we believe and, and, and almost challenging ourselves to walk better in what we believe. Therefore, we're not having people hate us in that way. Then we're not making the sacrifice today for eternity later. It's just like investing. So I do these videos. I, I record these things. And I try and share what I feel might be applicable to you and to me in the times that we're in as it relates to money and work and relationships and all those things. But at the end of the day, what matters more than all of that, what matters more than us doing something in our own power to decentralize all the centralization is that, listen, if the path that we're on, if the path that is God-ordained at this point, if we are that point in history where there will not be any decentralizing of what's centralized, where there will not be some new political system that fixes the current one, then, boy, we better keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and we better anyway. Because the Bible says it will get so bad that that's all you'll have to put your hope in. And so that's, for me, uh, what I challenge myself to do every day. Not perfect at it. Like I said, it's this process of sanctification where each day I'm trying to become more like Jesus. <laughs> and so where do we go from here? What do we do? Well, I think, as I've tried to share, how do we apply this? I think that, one, we have to be aware. You have to be aware that maybe you're not a Christian, but hopefully you can see that the centralization, the, the, the consolidation of all of this is never good for humanity as a whole. 
I think then we have to be willing to speak about it. And maybe you're not comfortable speaking at it from a loud microphone, but, you know, be comfortable speaking at it, about it, out about it individually to the people you know. And then we should get involved, right? Maybe it's YouTube videos for you. Maybe it's involved in your school, your kid's school. Maybe it's involved in political or uh, local politics, national politics. And more than all of that, I should have started with that, is I think we need to humble ourselves. I said it earlier in this episode. We need to realize that as Christians, we've gone off the road on the map and we're out in the woods somewhere, lots of us. And we need to humble ourselves and admit that, to look in the mirror, to ask for forgiveness, to repent, to go the other direction. And I think then to pray that God would heal our land. The Bible says if we humble ourselves and, and earnestly seek him and pray, he will heal our land. Now, he was talking to Israel. I don't see any reason why that can't, can't be applicable in America or any other country that you might be watching this in. It's, it's that us as, as Christians, as followers of Christ, if we can admit and confess where we've gone off the map, off the road on the map, and pray for our nation, and pray for our neighbor, and pray for our enemies. That's truly, in my mind, the only thing that changes all of this, because this is a big snowball rolling really fast down a big hill. And when the snowball keeps getting bigger, the bigger it rolls, and it keeps knocking down more and more things, it gets harder and harder to stop it. Makes me think, as I say that, of this uh, the image in Daniel, right? Where it's like you have this statue, and it's like gold and bronze, and I think steel, and then iron and clay, or, whatever, and the feet were the iron and clay. And when you smashed the feet, the whole thing came down. Well, I think of like when the snowball's rolling so big, you know, us throwing little darts at it probably doesn't do a lot of good. It's like it needs to hit something that's so solid that it explodes it. And I think that the only thing it can hit that's that solid is something that's straight from God himself. And so I think that, that our hope in how we contribute to that more than all of the other things that I mentioned is our prayer, you know, and then it's just us going out there trying to walk out our life in a way that no matter what happens, no matter what they do, um, his name is glorified. I think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I think it was Dietrich when uh, he went to the, the Nazi camp and I'm pretty sure it was Dietrich, but if not somebody, they get up on the, on the, stage as they're getting be belittled or whatever and they said well what do you want to say anything to all these other inmates here and he just said watch me right and what he meant by that was i'm not necessarily going to use all my words up here to try and convince or compel anyone i'm just going to live my life in a way that hopefully will show what i believe and that's the challenge that i give myself every day and i'm not always great at it but but I do think that it, it, the one way we get better at it is more people realizing that we're in the same boat and we're in a similar boat. We need each other to, to make it through that and to, to do what it is that we're set out to do. So anyway, rambled on there for a minute. Again, I appreciate you watching these. This is obviously a lot different than the last episode. Hopefully there was something here in here that was encouraging for you, uh, challenging for you, whether you're a Christian or not. And I, I do appreciate you watching these, listening to these, and, and I will uh, do another one here soon, and I'll see you next time. Thanks.